Good morning, everyone. We're in the third and final week of our series in terms of hearing the voice of God. We're talking about how do you hear God's voice? How do you uh, move in that direction? And I, I would like for the sermon to be more mathematical, more exact, more this is definitively how you do it. But the truth of the matter is, hearing the voice of God really is a dynamic thing. It's sort of like you asking me, how do I talk to my wife? Well, I can give you some pointers, I can give you some principles, but the truth of the matter is there's so many variables and dynamics in it, I just don't have, here's the math equation of, hey, I mean, I just don't have that, nor do I have that with God. But I think, uh, hopefully, be blessed. Now, um, for those of you who've been here for a long while, I can talk really fast, and because of time constraints, I will be doing that. So I'll be throwing out just kind of, here's some things for you to know, principles behind this, and uh, hopefully we'll, we'll, you'll, you'll keep up with me here. Like any relationship, what we want to pursue is a conversational relationship with God. That's how we know the, a vehicle by way of which we move deeper in intimacy and relationship comes through a conversational relationship, and this is what we want with God, that we're talking to Him and He's talking to us. And what we see in the scriptures is God speaks in a variety of ways, including the scriptures itself, which I know my dad talked about last week in his sermon. So we don't take anything away from the Bible. What we recognize, though, is sometimes there's things in our life that I need God to speak to me about that I don't have a book, chapter, and verse to get me through. And so, God, I need to hear your voice about whether I should take this job or move to this city or what's going on in my family. And I would just say, for those of you who are like, like you're a senior in high school this year, like you're about to enter into your last year, like you should be talking to God about your future. And you want to hear his voice be able to speak to you to say things in terms of fields of study and colleges or what your next steps are. And so how do you move deeper in that place where we get to hear God speak? And the honest truth is, it just takes practice. And it takes some experimentation. It takes some time, even a willingness to step out and risk looking sometimes silly or goofy, maybe even being wrong. And I know that sounds funny because when we think about hearing the voice of God, we, we typically in our mind would think it's like, oh, no, it's going to be like this big, dramatic, booming voice, and how in the world could you miss the voice of God? I mean, it's God's voice. But when you actually start looking through Scripture... And you see things that we saw the very first week of our study about the life of Moses and even the prophet Samuel and Elijah. No, sometimes it is difficult to hear and to discern what it is that we're hearing from the Lord. So how do you move in that? And I would just say, just you should experiment by just carving out time to sit before the Lord. Just some, feel free just to speak to him as you would anyone else that you're close to and then give him space to speak back. And I think what will be, will be interesting to you is to note how little you just stop and wait to listen on the Lord. Like, I know my prayer life, I'm guilty all the time of, it's a one way, I'm just talk, 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 which I do anyhow, but I'm just talking to God, talk, 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 and I don't just stop and, and just give you a chance, God, to speak back. And so take a moment to just stop and sit in the silence. And I know some of you are really good with silence. You're like, oh, silence, and you love it. Others of you, like me, don't do well in silence. It's like five seconds of silence, and it's like, okay, turn something on because this is driving me. Like the kid in school that when the teacher asks a question, if there's even three seconds of silence, they're starting to panic and freak out. That's kind of more where I was, and I probably got that from my mom because she's got the same afflictions, I think. Who knows? what's it? But anyhow, so in the silence, I would just think, what are the impressions that come to your mind? Or what are the images? Who comes to mind? Or what phrases do you see or hear? Does the Lord bring someone to mind that you don't typically think about? Do you have a particular image or impression that you think could be significant, could be from the Lord, and maybe even a blessing to other people? I would say, write those things down and begin to pray and ask God for discernment whether, is this from you? Like, 
have you shown this to me that I might be able to use this to be a blessing to other people? And I would say, like, if you have a dream at night, I mean, does God speak through dreams? Well, according to the Bible, sometimes he does. So when you wake up, if you can remember, you should write it down. Now, I'm not saying they're all from God. And I would say, like, don't give all your friends and say, hey, you know what? We were in a field, and we were, like, binding sheaves, and mine rose up, and all yours bowed down to me. I don't know what that means. but you know, Like, don't do that. I'm not saying don't do that. But I would write it down and begin to pray, Lord, is this from you? And what would be an interpretation from it? Because sometimes it's not God at all. Sometimes it's that microwavable burrito you got at 7-Eleven that you ate 10 minutes before you went to bed. That's why you had that funky dream. It's not God. Or if there's a life event taking place and it feels like God is speaking to you through it, write it down. Maybe record it or journal it. Don't let it slip away and begin to pray about that word. And this is where it becomes one of those things, yeah, it's like a, sometimes it feels so sensitive um, like, I've got an automatic garage door opener, and in order for it to work, there are two sensors at the very bottom of the garage door, and uh, there's a little, I guess, laser that goes between them, but they have to be perfectly aligned for it to work. But because they're not permanently fixed onto my garage door, like, it's always getting bumped by something, or the basketball knocks it off, and so you push the button, and nothing happens. Sometimes, it's that feeling of, you're trying to discern, is this from you, Lord? And it's like trying to get the laser just... Okay, boom, now it's up. That's sort of like what it's like. The wires finally come together and we're able to discern, no, I think this is from you, God, and you're speaking to me through this life event at this moment or maybe through that dream or maybe through this impression or this image. And I would say because of the delicate nature of this, it should be with you a humility thing as you pursue this spiritual discipline of hearing the voice of God. But I want to be like Jesus. Like, I... I mean, I want to live my life on earth like Jesus lived his on earth. And I want to see the kind of relationship that Jesus had with his father. And I want to pursue that. And when I look at the life of Jesus, what I see is he's got a conversational relationship with his father. And it will say, Jesus himself will say this, like John chapter 5, verse 19. Jesus gave them this answer saying, Very truly I tell you, the son can do nothing by himself. He can do only what he sees his father doing. Because whatever the father does, the son also does. You see that? Intimate connection there. For the Father loves the Son and shows him all he does. Yes, and he will even show even greater works than these so that you'll be amazed. And then later in that chapter, verse 30, Jesus will say this, By myself I can do nothing. I judge only as I hear. And my judgment is just, for I seek not to please myself, but him who sent me. Or a couple chapters in John chapter 8, verse 28, Jesus will say, When you have lifted up the Son of Man, then you will know that I am he and that I do nothing on my own but speak just what the Father has taught me. And so I see this incredible conversational relationship that Jesus has with the Father. And, and, and my first thought is, oh, well, it must be like some magic thing where, you know, Jesus and the Father are just talking all the time. But when you actually start looking through the Gospels, what you see is, no, Jesus has to position himself to be able to hear from his Father. Like, it's not like some mystical, magical, they're just kind of talking back and forth, like looking at Jesus walking down the road, and he looks like a crazy dude talking. Like, no, Jesus positions himself. Like, in Luke chapter 5, verse 15, it says this, Yet the news about him spread all the more, so that crowds of people came to hear him and to be healed of their sicknesses. But Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. So don't make the mistake of thinking that the Father was just always breaking into every part of Jesus' day to speak to him. No, no, Jesus had to enter into some spiritual discipline so that he could hear from his Father. And he entered into things like solitude and silence and prayer and meditation and sometimes fasting. And you'll need to do those things too if you want to grow in your experience of hearing 
the voice of the Lord. Now, let me give you some motivations in terms of hearing the voice of the Lord. Let me give you warnings, three of them if I could. The first warning is against being a spiritual show-off or a name-dropper. A spiritual show, nobody likes these people, by the way. A spiritual show-off or a name-dropper. Like, sometimes we want to hear the voice of God so we can tell everybody we heard the voice of God. So you can go around saying, well, the Lord told me. And, well, I mean, I was praying the other day, and God spoke to me and told me to tell you. I mean, and so you're just always, it feels like you're name-dropping. You're trying to show off what you're doing. And this will be no different than anything else that Jesus teaches. Like, in the Sermon on the Mount, he gives us some warnings about praying and fasting and giving money. Like, if you're doing that just to be seen, like to be on show for other people, then you're not going to get much of a reward. The same thing is true of hearing from the voice of the Lord. We don't want to do it just to be a spiritual show-off. We don't want to, you don't do it so you're viewed as more spiritual. If you could just say to everybody, the Lord told me. But name-dropping, even God, is obnoxious. It happened the other day. I heard somebody even preaching. They did it in the middle of a sermon where they're telling a story. And in the middle of the story, just kind of offhandedly, they mentioned that they were with Joel Osteen. Like, you know who Joel Osteen is? A pastor in Houston, a huge church. And what happens, you got distracted from the story. Now you thought, the only reason why you're telling the story is so you could... I mean, say his name, to name drop it. You got distracted and, and, and stuff like that just so irritates me. It reminds me of this one time that Billy Graham and I, we were going to a movie together. We wanted to stop off. No, I'm just kidding. No, I'm just kidding. God's guidance is not for show and tell any more than your other intimate, personal interchanges in your life. You know that, right? There's conversations you have with your spouse. That's not for show and tell. That's because of the two of you and your relationship together. Same thing with God. Number two. Another motivation and warning for manipulation. Like we don't want to manipulate God. And sometimes this is when it gets wrapped up. We want to hear the voice of the Lord, please speak to me. And it's somehow wrapped up in securing our own safety or our own comfort or our own righteousness. That the only time you seek the voice of the Lord is when you want something. Now, some of you parents with adult children, you might be able to know what this feels like. You've got that one kid that, you know, hey, mom, I'm just calling to check on you. And then within five minutes, do you think I could borrow and I'll pay you back? when I, I mean, we don't want to do that with God, right? And so when you're sitting there at the counter and you need to pick numbers for the lottery and you're, God, speak to me right now, the winning numbers. Like, I'm just saying, unless you tithe. If you tithe, then it's okay. But other than that, it's probably not, that's just a joke. Hearing the voice of God doesn't make you righteous. It makes him gracious. And those are two different things. Number three, the third motivation is debilitating insecurity or immaturity. Debilitating insecurity or immaturity. I don't believe God is giving a message a minute to people. Like, you won't need to get in your car, get out of the parking lot here, and God, right or left, which way should I turn? Like, I just, I, I don't think you have, like, I just don't think every moment of your day has to be a, a message a minute from the Lord. I don't think he's in perpetual communication with everybody all the time. And the reason why is because he'd like you to grow up and mature, right? And if you're a parent, you get this with your kids. Now, there's a season in your children's life when they, Mommy, can I do this? Daddy, can I do this? Usually not daddy's. Usually, Mommy, can I do this? Mommy, can I do that? Mommy, can I do this? Right? I mean, just non-stop. Now, but if they're like a sophomore in college and they're still calling, and Mommy, can I do this? Mommy, then something went whack and dysfunctional. Like, God created us to grow up. He created us in his image, which means he's given us both free will and autonomy and creativity, and he wants us to exercise it. And sometimes you don't need to hear the voice of the Lord in this matter because he just wants to say, no, I've given you all that you need to process this and to think through this and to discern this and decide, and I'll be with you in it. And so sometimes we don't want to, we're not trying to speak to God all the time and hear his voice because of some debilitating insecurity or immaturity. Now, God wants us uh, to grow in those things. Now, that Next question for us, but how do I know that's the voice of the Lord? Like, if this comes to my mind or this happens, how do I know it's from the Lord? Let me give you some things here real quick. One, I would say it will always agree with Scripture. 
it will always agree with Scripture. Now, sometimes it won't seem related at all. Like, you're like, okay, I don't get to turn to Ephesians 3. I don't see how this is. But at the very least, if what you're hearing contradicts or makes you the biblical exception, it's not from the Lord. And as I say that out loud, people go, well, of course. But I'm telling you, it happens all the time. People make decisions in their life, and they assume that, no, God is blessing this, and I've prayed about it, and we've got a deal worked out and an agreement. No, no, listen, you're not the biblical exception. And if that voice that you're hearing contradicts the Bible or is not in agreement with the Bible, it is not from God. second thing is God's voice has a consistent character. There's a quality to God's voice, a tone to God's voice. There's a spirit behind God's voice that you don't want to miss. Now, you know people in your life that you won't get confused by any messages because you know their voice, right? We talked about this the, very first, the first week of our message series in this. And so if God is one moment like, oh, I love you, you're the best, and the next moment he's so hacked off at you and his voice is harsh and condemning, and I'm telling you, that's not God. Like God's voice has a very consistent character and quality to it. So if that voice you're hearing is biting or condemning or harsh, that's not our God. That's not his voice. Third thing I would say to you is God's voice bears good fruit. Like when you hear his voice, it leads to good fruit. That's why, you know, sometimes people come and say, hey, I think I heard from the Lord. Like, That's great. Let's hear it, and we'll pray about that and discern whether that really is from the Lord. But if you were to come to me and say, the Lord told me to tell you that everything's falling apart, I would say, I don't think that's from the Lord. Like that doesn't, that gives me the inference that is nothing but despair and discouragement and no hope. It's not a call to, re- I mean, I'm okay with even sometimes God having a negative message for me or maybe even a, a rebuke, but there's no even hope in that. Like, oh, everything's going to fall apart. Like, what am I supposed to do? do with- I don't, the end fruit of the voice of God matters. And, and we know this, in other- and so if you hear a word and the only thing that comes out of it is fear for you, that's, God's not doing that to you. Or if, if you hear something you think might be from God and it's nothing but discouragement to you, that's not from God. Or you hear something and you have no hope in it, that is not from our God or condemnation. Any more than think about a parent running up to their kid, like out of nowhere, like going up to one of your children and saying, I'm just so angry with you, you're in big trouble, and I'm taking away all of your privileges, and then you walk away. Like, and the kid's like, totally confused, I don't know what I did, there's no explanation. Like, God isn't doing that stuff with us either. Even though sometimes I hear that from Christians. Like you go through a real hard time and suffering, and I hear Christians go, well, I just think God's probably trying to teach me something through this, or there's probably some lesson I'm supposed to learn out of this. And what I'd say is, no, God might not be doing this at all. Like, like just on a human level, like if a parent came up and snapped their kid's arm on their knee and said, now you learn your lesson and walked away, be like, hello, CPS. I, got I mean, don't put that on God. Like God is not an abusive parent with us. And so the end fruit matters. Now, listen, I'm not saying, though, that God's voice won't ever be a rebuke or a warning or a caution or even negative, but there'll be hope in it and a call to repentance in it. In fact, God's own words in the prophet Jeremiah, he says this in chapter 18, verse 7, if at any time I announce that a nation or kingdom is to be uprooted, torn down, or destroyed, which, by the way, that's a, neg- that's a negative word, and if that nation I warned repents of its evil, then I will relent and not inflict on it the disaster I had planned. And if at another time I announce that a nation or kingdom is to be built up and planted, and if it does evil in my sight and does not obey me, then I will reconsider the good I had intended to do for it. See, there's always at least a step of repentance, a step of hope in regards to the voice of the Lord. So the end effect of God's voice matters. Number four, God's voice is different than our voice. They're not one of the same thing. This is just like a bunch of self-talk. And this is where it comes into, yeah, the dynamics of this can be very challenging. Is that me or is this God? This is the thought I really wanted to go with, and so, I mean, it will take time for you to be able to discern and recognize that's not my voice, that is somebody else's, and I think 
maybe even God's. And the last thing I'd say here, E, is God's voice is easy to reject. And this is the amazing thing about God's voice, because when you hear it, you think, oh, man, I have this time to act on that. But the truth of the matter is, it's easy to dismiss it or to miss it altogether because it doesn't come to us sometimes in the uh, preconceived ideas that we assumed it would come to us. And so those things I would offer. Now, let me, uh, what happens if God gives you a word to give to somebody else? Like, what should you do? Like, he gives you a word for somebody else. What should you do with those things? Let me give you some advice. Number one, get permission from God when to speak it. Like, don't just go, okay, I got a word from God and just go right there. Like, ask God, can I, do I have your release, your permission to speak this? Because timing is critical, especially if it's a negative word. Like, if it's a warning of some sort. Because here's what I find. The best person to convict somebody of something in their life is the Holy Spirit, hands down. Like just God himself can work in somebody's life in such a way that it's just beautiful as you watch these events and these circumstances and people all of a sudden become more open to Jesus. And what I've seen happen is somebody try to enter into that real quick and say something and it puts up a whole wall of defensiveness and totally thwarts everything that God was trying to do. And just because he might have given you a word for somebody else, the timing of it is critical. There's going to be an exact moment where God, you need to go now and say something. But if you go too early, it could create a wall of defensiveness that ruins the work of God and what the Spirit of God was already doing. And so ask God in terms of permission and timing on it. Number two, you need to distinguish between the revelation of the word, its interpretation, and its application. Those are three different things. You see why there's such a dynamic variables involved? Let me give you an example. There's a guy who had a gift of prophecy and would oftentimes get thoughts or images and hear from the Lord about circumstances, situations in people's life. And he went up to a guy who was almost a complete stranger to him, and all he could see was a dollar sign and a storm cloud over him. Like, that's the image that he kept getting with this guy. And he just, that was the revelation, the dollar sign, kind of a storm cloud. And he was just confident that there's some financial sin in this guy's life that he needs to repent of or bad things are going to happen. Like, it was a warning from God, hey, whatever the financial sin is, you need to repent or some bad things are going to happen. So he goes and he shares this word with this guy. And the guy's just, I have no idea what you're talking about. I mean, he can't think of anything in his life that would be financial sin. He's always been faithful in terms of his money. And people that were around him that knew him verified that. Are you kidding me? This guy's one of the most generous guys we've ever known. And he's faithful at every turn. And, I mean, there's nothing in it. Well, two weeks later, the business that this guy owned, they found out that one of his close friends uh, in the business had been embezzling hundreds of thousands of dollars. And, And so was this a warning? Yes. That was the right revelation, but it was the wrong interpretation and the wrong application. And all of that takes much grace to begin to think through and pray through. The third thing I'd say is give prophetic words with humility. Give prophetic words with humility. Like, I would just always, like, if you have a word for me, you should say to me, this is how I receive it best. Say, I'm not, I mean, I'm not sure all the way, but I think I might have heard from the Lord. That, just even that tone of humility allows me to be open to hear you much better. And you should do with other people. I'm not sure. I could be off. I'm not infallible. I think the Lord might have said this. Offer it with humility. The fourth thing, leave the results to God. Your job is to be faithful. If God gives you a word for somebody, be faithful and give it to it, but then it's totally the rest is on God. It's not your problem anymore. And so what they do with that word is no longer on you. What happens if you're like always, "Mm mm-hmm, yep, they're disobeying the voice of the Lord. I told them they're supposed to do this, but they didn't end up doing what you told them they should do. That's not on you. That's on them and God. It's no longer your business was just to be faithful. And let God work that out, because you could have been wrong. And they could have prayed and discerned that and realized, no, that is at least not right now in my life. Is that right? Next thing I'd say to you, pray for those to whom you offer words to. And then the last thing here is, if you do give a negative message, which I don't think God will give you many. Like, he doesn't really speak to me about your sins, because I see them on Facebook and he doesn't need to. So I don't have to. 
But if you, do, if, if you do have a negative message for somebody, give it with just tact and gentleness. You're not John the Baptist. You're not the prophet Jeremiah. Just tact and gentleness. And I would say, if you're ever like angry or jealous with somebody, don't ever trust a word you think you got from the Lord for them, right? I think the Lord gave me a word for you. Yeah, what is it? You're ugly and you stink. Really? That's the Lord? No, that's jealousy and anger. Don't, don't ever trust that. And let me close with this. Be discerning. And pray for the gift of discernment. And surround yourself with people who you know have the gift of discernment. The Bible tells us, and I think my dad mentioned this last week, test the spirits. 1 John 4.1. Dear friends, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God. Because many false prophets have gone out into the world. So test what you hear from others and even test what you hear yourself. It is a healthy thing to move in a little bit of insecurity and humility in this. And if anyone ever tries to give you a life-altering message from the Lord, I'm telling you, do not act on it without thorough and careful time of prayer and discernment. If somebody says to you, you know, you need to quit your job or you need to, you know, marry me, I mean, that should be a red flag. Hold on, buddy. You know, they just might be desperate. Um, don't let anyone's Thus saith the Lord, or the Lord told me, be a spiritual trump card in your life. You are free to ask questions. You are free uh, to go and discern. And, and it happened, like for me, like even when it comes to the church here, like when it feels like, I think this might be from the Lord. You know what I'll say to God? I'll say, I'll say, but I need you to put this on the hearts of the elders too. Like when we talk about it, like they'll all be like, no, that is right. Like this is where we should go or this is what we should do. And then I, that's how I'll know that this was really from you, God. I'll just, I mean, I'll just test them like that. Not in a, I don't believe you, but just a, just so I'm not way off and mistaken, could you give this to them and verify this through them? And so when we get together and talk, if they're like, no, we think this is from the Lord, or we do think this is the right direction, okay, I think then this might have been from God. And then obedience. You know who God talks to? People who are willing to obey him. Like if he speaks to you, you want to respond to that. Otherwise, what's the point of hearing from him? And you don't like that in your own life, right? You ever have people in your life where they keep coming to you and asking for advice, they want to know your opinion, and they have no, in, they have no interest in doing anything you say to them? You ever have people like that? I mean, why do that to God? Otherwise, you just say, I'm done talking to you because I know you're not going to obey. So a heart that's inclined to obey him is required uh, to hear his voice well. Okay, I know that was fast. Was that fast? Yeah, it was kind of fast. Uh, let's pray and ask God to kind of seal that in our hearts and give us wisdom as we move forward. Father, we do want to hear from you because we love you and we know you love us and you've adopted us to be your children. You've gone so far as through your son Jesus to call you our friends. And so in that we know that, yeah, we want to be able to have times where we speak to you and you also speak to us. We're just asking that your spirit would teach us how to do that. And I pray that we might, uh, even this week, have just opportunities to sit silently before you and that you might begin to share with us the things that are on your heart, the desires you have for our life. And even if you want to use us to be a blessing and encouragement to others, God, that you would do that as well. And so we ask this in Jesus' name, amen.